Hello, it's a wonderful day. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's such a wonderful, wonderful day. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. God is almighty. He is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And I am grateful to him, thankful for my life, my health, my strength, sound mind, thankful, 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 thankful that I can move my hands, I can move my legs and feet, I can go where I desire to go by the grace of God and come back home safely. I am so thankful to God, not only for myself, but for you also. It's Sunday school time. It is Sunday school time. And I am doing the podcast as well as the video because sometimes you might be uh, driving in your car and you might just want to listen to the podcast. The podcast is good. You don't have to be concerned about watching a video and watching the movements of me in the video and all of that. You can just listen to this soothing Sunday school lesson. So I'm going to get to the Sunday school lesson by the grace of God I'm going to the Sunday school lesson and it is let me get to it here I'm getting it now know the son to know the father know the son to know the father we're in St. John the 12th chapter the 44th through the 50th verses know the Son to know the Father. And of course, many of you who have listened and watched me down through the years, especially the probably last three years, you know that I used the L.G. Parkhurst Jr. Sunday School lesson. Now, last week, I did two Sunday School uh, commentaries. I did the Church of God in Christ, and I did the L.G. Parkhurst Jr., which you can find in www.ousu.com. I did two versions of the Sunday School lesson. They had two different subjects, two different scriptures, but I believe they were both in St. John. So we're getting into our scripture, which I am reading from the King James Version. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seemeth, he that seemeth, excuse me, and he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Now you listen to that word, S-H-O-U-L-D, okay? Whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejected, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him, the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. 
For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting, whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. And you will notice here, and we all know, anybody that knows anything about Jesus, about God, he did not take the credit. When he was here, Jesus gave all the credit to the Heavenly Father. Okay, and we know, and I'm not going to delve off into this, what I'm about to say, that God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost are the same. They are the same. They are one, three in one. Okay. Getting to our commentary, our focal scripture, and I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I speak, therefore, I speak just as the Father hath told me. And that's John, the 12th chapter, the 50th verse. Now, you know, probably some of you, I know my children, if they can read me very well, they know I, I fumbled over something and it is bothering me, but I'm going to keep on going, okay? I fumbled over the when I was reading and you heard me so but I'm going to keep on going because I usually with my OCD self I would go back and read the whole sentence again so I'm going to go on I'm going to move on okay I'm going to move on the verses in this Bible lesson are the last public words of Jesus to the crowds in Jerusalem in a few days he would be crucified Beginning with John, the chapter 13, in chapter 13, Jesus teaches his disciples as much as he wisely can and as much as they can receive before his crucifixion. Otherwise, he speaks to those who arrest him, and when he is on trial before the priests and Pilate, when he hangs on the cross and when he appears to the women and his disciples after his resurrection from the dead before he ascends into heaven. From now on, crowds will only learn about Jesus after he sends the Holy Spirit into his disciples on the day of Pentecost and from the Bible when they hear God's word written, preached, and taught through the church. Now, in John, the 20th chapter, the 30th through the 31st verses, John wrote about the purpose of his book and the teaching of the disciples. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The same purpose can be said for the entire New Testament. Now, he said, in his name, the only way that we can be saved is in the name of Jesus. I believe it with my whole heart. I believe it because I see the signs in my life. 
I see the signs of the Word of God in my life. Okay, I'm going to go on with this. The importance of receiving Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord can be seen in the fact that Jesus, without a breaking heart, shouted out as loud as he could to the crowd for his hearers to believe in him and also believe in the one who sent him, the Father in heaven. With a breaking heart, it hurt Jesus. It hurt him, okay? So when Jesus shouted the words, believes not in me, he meant that believers were not to believe in him alone or in him as a substitute for believing in God the Father or God of the Bible, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it makes no sense for someone to say, I don't believe in God, but I do believe in Jesus, or I follow Jesus because he was a, was a great prophet and a wise teacher, not the Son of God. Because of Jesus' teachings about God the Father and God the Son, always acting and speaking as one in total agreement, Jesus could not only be a prophet or a good moral philosopher. He is who he said he was. Hallelujah. The Son of God. He is who he said he was. And getting back to this, where people today yet identify him as a great prophet. Some don't say that he's Jesus Christ, that he's God, that he's the Son of God. They don't acknowledge that. Some people definitely, evidently don't believe it. Because I heard a man on TV, and I was watching him, okay? And I saw him and heard him call Jesus a prophet. He certainly did. So, Jesus expects true believers in him to interpret these words about himself and the Father spiritually, not physically or as an encouragement to try to create mental images of him or them in bodily form. Now Jesus expects believers to learn about his divine nature and his moral and spiritual attributes from the Bible, which are the same divine nature and moral and spiritual attributes from the Bible, which are the same divine nature and moral and spiritual attributes of God, his Father. Okay, got to go back and do this sentence again. Jesus expects believers to learn about his divine nature and his moral and spiritual attributes from the Bible, which are the same divine nature and moral and spiritual attributes of God, his Father. Now, if we see how Jesus loved God and others, even his enemies, even his enemies, okay? And if we see how Jesus always used his divine power in compassionate ways to save the world, not to condemn the world, and if we see how Jesus loved us so much to die, to save us while we were still his enemies, then 
we begin to understand that Jesus is God, the Son of God, as he claimed. Even though they were killing him, his enemies saying insulting things to him, he yet loved them, just like he loves us today. My goodness, he did it for all of us. He did it for all of us. Okay. Jesus did not mean that he and the Father are the same person with different roles to play. You get that? But they are two persons with identical spiritual attributes and qualities. We can think ever more deeply and learn about the Father and the Son as we pray and read the Bible with the help of the Holy Spirit, but we will not know all God wants us to know about them until we meet them after Jesus comes again and we receive our resurrected and glorified human bodies. My goodness, isn't God awful, awfully good? He's awfully, awfully, awfully good. He's a wonder in my soul. Jesus said once again that he came as light into the world. In John, the first chapter and the first verse, and the first chapter and the ninth verse, we learned that in Jesus was life, and the life was the light of all people. And Jesus is the true light, which enlightens everyone. So in the context of the previous chapters we have studied, we know that Jesus referred to himself as light in ways that remind us that the Lord God is light. In Psalms, the 27th chapter and the first verse, David prayed, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now we know from the New Testament that Jesus is our light and salvation because he came to save the world. He gave us life and he came to give eternal life to all who would believe in him as Lord and Savior. My God, that's us, that's us y'all, okay? The Lord Jesus is our defense and the stronghold of our life, so we have no one to fear. You hear me, no one, nary a one to fear. In John the 14th chapter, and the 27th verse, Jesus encouraged his disciples and us saying, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. And Jesus still gives God's peace to believers in him. So we do not need to let our hearts be troubled or be afraid. My God, he's an almighty God. Do you hear that? We do not need to let our hearts be troubled 
or be afraid. My goodness. So Jesus also reminded the crowd, his disciples, and all believers in him that there are two kinds of people. Get this, okay? When they learn about Jesus, one kind of people remain in darkness and the other kind of people come into the light. Got it? So Jesus did not want people to remain in darkness, so he came as light into the world and preached. Everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. That's what he said. Everyone, every one of us that believe in him should not remain in the darkness. We should not be in the darkness. But some choose to remain in darkness, get this, because their deeds are evil. Remember what Jesus said and what we studied in John the third chapter, the 19th and the 20th verses. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. My goodness. So those who hated the light and wanted to do evil eventually crucified Jesus instead of coming to the light. No wonder Jesus cried out as loud as he could to warn those in the crowd who would listen. My God today. He's a wonder, he's a wonder in my soul. Yes, he is. He's a wonder in my soul. Yes, he is. He's a wonder in my soul. He's a wonder in my soul. Bless his name. Yes, he is. He's a wonder in my soul. He's a wonder in my soul. You see, I'm going down low. He's a wonder in my soul. Bless his name. Oh, yes. Because Jesus came to save the world, at that time, he did not judge in the sense of condemn those who heard his words but did not keep them. We know from experience as believers in Jesus, that keeping or obeying Jesus' words perfectly requires the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit who Jesus would not give to his followers until after his death and resurrection. So keeping Jesus' words is a matter of spiritual growth as we learn the truth and the Holy Spirit helps us. We call this the process of sanctification and we consecrate ourselves daily to learn Jesus' words and pray for the Holy Spirit to help us live according to Jesus' words in our daily practice. It's a process. It's an ongoing process. So, when I repented of my sins, and when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, 
I was saved right then, but I had to learn day by day, minute by minute, second by second, how to live as a saint of God. And you know what? After all of these decades that I've been doing this, I'm still learning minute by minute, second by second, day by day. But I'm way, 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 way much farther now than I was when I started out. So that helps me by the leading of the Holy Spirit, by the wisdom that it gives me to help others to know that this is the way that I have been forgiven. And if you listen to me, if you watch my life, you will see how God blesses. You will know how he blesses. I'm thankful to him. I am so thankful to him. It's a daily practice. It's a daily practice, okay? Now, believers know they are unable to hear and keep Jesus' words completely and perfectly, so they draw closer to Jesus for help in hearing and keeping his words. That's it. They know Jesus loves them and they love Jesus. However, those who want to remain in darkness will reject Jesus and his words. They do not love God and they will not try to love God. For love of God and Jesus, they will not strive to understand Jesus' words and obey Jesus' words. Now here's a notice, okay? Jesus promised that there will come a time of judgment for those who reject Jesus and his teachings. I truly believe it. I truly believe it. And you know, in this stage in my life, I will not turn around or turn away from this life and risk it. Some people say that it's not so, but I will not turn back just in case I've come all this way and then turn back because I let someone convince me that it's not the truth. And then when it comes to be the truth, I would be lost. So I won't take the chance. The accomplishment of being able to do some things that I believe are pleasing to God, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. Oh, I'm thinking about that song uh, by the... Is it the O'Neill twins? That's good enough for me, I think. Okay, so Jesus promised that there will come a time, and I know I'm repeating myself, of judgment for those who reject Jesus and his teachings. On the last day, the day of judgment, the word, which is the message, or the teachings of Jesus will serve as judge. The one judged will know that he has not kept or tried to keep, but has rejected what he learned about Jesus and his teachings. So when the unbeliever faces God on the last day, he will learn that God is just, and he will remember that he rejected the way of salvation that God provided and graciously revealed to him in Jesus Christ. He will know he deserves just condemnation and he will have no excuse 
for rejecting God in Christ. And let me tell you something. There are many, many people who have read the Bible through and through more than once, some once, some twice, but there are many, many people in this world. And they can quote scripture by scripture. They can quote where it's found. They can tell you so much. Some people just, I mean, I am just in awe of how people remember all these verses and scriptures and everything and can take you right to them. But just because they know it, if they're not living according to the specified plan of salvation, they're going to face God and He's going to reject them because they did not obey him, knowing the word and doing what the word tells us to do are two different things. But if we do them and put them together, eternal life is ours. Yes, it is. Okay, let me move on. Okay. When an unbeliever rejects Jesus, he also rejects the Father who sent him. Jesus did not speak on his own authority. Jesus did not teach different moral and spiritual standards from those of his Father. Jesus did not teach ideas based on his own understanding of how the world works and how we uh, are to get along with each other. Jesus did not speak on his own or share his own beliefs and ideas as we might do, as we might do, okay? Rather, the Father sent Jesus into the world with a commandment, okay? And so why a question here? And I know it's a simple, uh, simple question. It's a simple answer to it. Why do we have so many different denominations? Jesus did not speak on his own or share his own beliefs and ideas as we might do. Rather, the Father sent Jesus into the world with a commandment. And here's another notice. A God-given commandment to obey is of greater significance than a command that someone might receive from a parent, an employer, a a politician, are a religious leader. God the Father gave Jesus a commandment like the Ten Commandments, the law of love. God gave Jesus a loving commandment regarding all he was to say, no more and no less than his Father told him to say and what he was to speak, the teachings of God the Father and God the Son, Truths they both knew and in perfect agreement wanted to share with us. Okay? And let me see, let me, as a commandment, the Word made flesh came to share truths of God and reality with us. Jesus and His words were the words of God, therefore, His words would serve as judge, my goodness. Uh, 
His words were all that were needed for the passing of judgment on those who rejected the Son and the Father as revealed to us by the Son and accurately recorded in the Bible. Accurately recorded in the Bible. In John the 17th chapter and the third verse, Jesus defined eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The commandment Jesus received from the Father was that he might make known the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the only true Son of God, whom the Father sent. So when believers receive the gift of eternal life, they begin to personally know the Father and the Son, and we cannot know them until Jesus reveals himself and the Father to us. We can't know them until he reveals them to us, okay? So God speaks to us through the Bible as the Holy Spirit gives us understanding, and we speak to God as we love pray and obey God. Now to receive the gift of eternal life and not perish, we must receive the Father, Jesus, and the truths Jesus came to reveal. Jesus came to reveal the truth about the Father, the only true God, to us and the truth about himself the only true Son of God, to us. So in order for us believers in Jesus to obey Jesus and His words, Jesus prayed to the Father for us as recorded in John, the 17th chapter, the 17th through the 20th verses. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word. In behalf of those we seek to teach the words of Jesus, we pray, consecrate, and sanctify ourselves so they might be sanctified in the truth of God in Christ and be saved from darkness and destruction through faith in Him that people might not remain in darkness, but come to the light. This is a wonderful, wonderful message. And as I, as I forestated, this is the L.G. Parkhurst Jr. Commentary. And you can find it in www.ousu.com or else just write in L.G. Parkhurst Jr. 
okay? And then if you just type in uh, International Sunday School Lesson and just, it might be the first thing on the scrolling list, but you will find it, okay? Now, here's some questions. You know, I like to put these questions out there that they have. Number one, if you believe in Jesus, who did Jesus say you also believe in? If you see Jesus, who did Jesus say you also see? Number two, how did Jesus come into the world? And I must go back because it's on my mind. I know these questions are numbered one through five, but some questions, some number questions have more than one question in that number, okay? So number two, how did Jesus come into the world? Number three, why did Jesus come in that way into the world? Number four, on the last day, what will serve as judge of those who reject Jesus? Number five, what commandment did the Father give Jesus? What did Jesus say about his Father's commandment? Know the Son to know the Father. So if we don't know the Son, we definitely will not know the Father. Okay? We must know the Son, Jesus Christ, first in order to get to know the Father, God. Okay? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I mentioned that our focal scripture is John, the 12th chapter and the 50th verse. So I'm doing the last part. I'm wrapping it up now. The summary. When we think of a commandment, we sometimes think of the Ten Commandments that the Lord gave Moses. We know that Jews and Christians have an obligation to obey the Ten Commandments because they are the moral law of God or law of love. So we do not often remember that God the Father gave a commandment to His only Son before He sent Him into the world. Jesus served as a perfect Example by obeying all the commandments of God. He obeyed every single one of them. Okay? So in John the 12th chapter and the 49th verse, we learn the special commandment that the Father gave Jesus was about what to say and what to speak. All right? We know that the Father's commandment was vitally important because Jesus told the crowd when he spoke to the masses for the last time that he came to save the world. And on the last day, the word that I have spoken will serve as judge. And that's John, the 12th chapter and the 48th verse. So Jesus spoke what his father commanded him to speak to save the people from destruction. When Jesus declared that God the Father's commandment is eternal life, we need to know what Jesus taught about eternal life. In John the 17th chapter and the third verse, speaking to his disciples, Jesus said, and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent now to know does not just mean intellectually uh, or intellectual knowledge 
Okay, now Jesus meant that eternal life involves a personal relationship with the Father and the Son based on knowing God as revealed in the Bible. In John, the 12th chapter and the 45th verse, we learn how to know them both. For Jesus said, whoever sees me sees him who sent me. Isn't this a wonderful lesson? This is a wonderful lesson. And I see where they have added to the bottom so I can scroll all the way through this summary. How about that? Okay. Now, I know you enjoyed this lesson. And I know that many of you who are listening, who are watching this, this message, I know that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I'm not your judge. I'm not judging you. But I am a spokesman for God. And I am giving you the opportunity as a person, as someone who may need to repent of your sins. This is the opportunity. And to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. This is the opportunity. And so... Because God has afforded you the opportunity through me. Because let me tell you, eternal life is it. There's eternal life and there's eternal damnation. And the damnation is when a person is condemned to hell and they will burn and fall and burn and fall and burn and fall and burn and fall and scream and holler and worms will be eating at them and this will be forever. Eternal life is when we have lived according to the will of God and He has told us that we have eternal life and we can come into the kingdom of heaven and live with Him forever and ever and ever, never ending. And there will be no more sickness, no more sadness, no more. Nothing bad will be there. And we will just be with Him. Jesus is the light of that city. We will be with Him forever. Eternal rest, eternal peace, eternal joy. That's what we have. So, having said all of that, it's a, a few second process, okay? It takes a few seconds. And if you repeat after me, if you're sincere about it, I promise through the Word of God that you will be saved in a few seconds. Repeat after me. Dear God, I repent of my sins. I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins and I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Amen. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. Now, all you have to do is if you're not already affiliated, associated, in a congregation that has a sanctified leader, ask God to lead you to one or lead someone to you to lead you to one.
so that you can learn to grow every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every month, every week, through the years. Learn to serve God. And you are on the road to heaven. No more, no more negatives. All peace, joy, love, happiness. That's what it is. That's heaven. I love you. You may reach me at 469-629-9543. Email ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I ask God to continue to give you peace of mind and let you be happy. And remember, oh, I must uh, read this prayer that the Lord gave me. I have to go to it and I hope I can get to it without losing this web uh, cast. I have to find it. Oh, I have to find it. I sent it. I, I'll find the the message that I sent because I shared it with my cousin the very uh, day that he gave it to me. Okay, here it is, and this is what he gave me to to speak before I before I speak. Okay, because we don't know from one millisecond to the next second what is going to take place in our lives. I, and I'm not being, what is it, um, morbid? Don't intend to be. But who's to say that while I'm speaking to you, that God won't call me in while I'm speaking to you? So this is what he gave me. As I stand or sit before you to speak, I pray to the Lord that my soul he keeps. And if I should die before I finish, I pray to God now that any outstanding sins be forgiven. Amen. That's what he gave to me, to speak every time I get up or sit to relay his message. I love you. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your life by the grace of God.